take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and this is Season 6, Chapter 14. This is the last chapter of this season. Today, I will share with you an interview I did with Scott Tripp back then when he was teaching in Israel in a convention and when we were filming the course, uh, the Creativity Master Blaster course that is going to be available uh, in the BalloonArtistCollege.com website. Maybe by the time that you hear this, it's already in BalloonArtistCollege.com. Scott Tripp was kind enough to share a few ideas about you know the different levels of creativity and what is permission twisting and all sorts of tips and ideas that can help you become more creative with your balloons. I'm going to share with you a big announcement at the end of this podcast. So stick around till the end to learn about some new opportunity that uh, you can learn more about balloon art for free. So see you at the other end of the interview. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi coming to you live from Israel with Scott Tripp here with me. Scott has been teaching in an Israeli convention sponsored by Sempertex and he gave six different classes with all sorts of designs and ideas. I had the privilege of also learning from you, Scott, back in Twist and Shout 18 in a Sunday class. And of course, I'm a big fan of, of your work. Your uh, Balloon Blast video show with Sam Kermins is highly entertaining and educational as well. Uh, we will also talk today about what you do for Balloon Artist College. But before all of that, let's talk about your other side, and that is being creative and using creativity. So before we start, is it really a big deal in your life as a, as a balloon artist to use creativity? That is a very basic and very simple question, and it's one that I have a hard time wrapping my head around because the answer is so obvious, I don't know how anyone sees it the other way. If you're an artist... Your art is about a vision, a message, and expressing that vision or message. Creating that vision in your head and then creating that out of your materials is creativity. If you're watching a video, learning someone else's design, parroting that, and sending out replications of someone else's designs, that's all fair and good. But the real fun, the creativity, that's where the art lies. So, yes, I am much more about the idea behind the sculpture than the actual physical sculpture itself. A lot of sculptures that I make, I strive for expanding beyond the materiality of balloons. I want it to be a design that would stand on its own, whether I do it out of balloons or if I made it out of plaster, Play-Doh, Lego, ice sculpture, any other medium. I want people to look at it and see the message first and the balloon second. It's transcending your materiality which is a long way to say, yes, creativity to me is important. It's not like when, I don't know, my mom said I'm very creative, but uh, all, all I did was maybe 
uh, recreated stuff. So I was actually recreating and not creating. So what is being creative? Uh, how can I make sure I'm creative? No, what you said is good. Um, I don't mean to discredit. I think we learn first through repetition. And then we move into understanding. And then we learn how to create new ideas our, on our own. There's actually six steps to that process. That's only three. Um, actually, we're working on a course, our Creativity Master Blaster course, in which we define and lay out all six steps and try to challenge you to move up another level in the creativity pyramid. What are the six levels of creativity, basically? This is where creativity lies. So it's worth giving it the proper time and attention that it needs to understand. Um, the bottom level is the first level of really creative thought. It's remembering. It's if I tell you something, you repeat it back. If I tell you that the color red looks good in a sculpture because it is bright, vibrant, and it conveys a certain meaning, you may remember that, and you use that in your sculpture. So that's remembering. It's a low level. It's an important level, but it's low. But if you keep working on that, you move into understanding. If you know that that red looks good because it complements other colors, it's bright, it has a certain message, a certain mood to it, then you understand. So you're moving from remembering into understanding. So remembering sounds like the early days of a balloon artist when you just remember a few designs. You just recreate the same designs over and over again and uh, as time progresses you learn a few more designs and then after you do enough designs for long enough time, you start to understand some underlying principles and you, un you understand how you can take uh, a certain design and change it to another design. So maybe that's the beginning of an understanding. What's the next step? Well, once you make that design so often, you learn to understand, and then it sort of becomes second nature. You know what you're doing, and you can learn to apply. And that's taking the uh, facts, the rules, the concepts. Um, going back to the red balloon, you know if a red balloon um, creates emotion, has a higher visual frequency, um, color obviously works in light, which is waves, then you know that you don't want red in a very calming piece. You learn to apply that knowledge. So we're talking the third step up. We went from remember into understanding and to apply. So there's three more steps. If you can apply, then you learn to analyze, where you can break down the information into the uh, parts that make up that information. Um, let's say David Brennan's rumble trucks. You learn not just how to make the rumble trucks, and then you can learn how to tweak and make other trucks. Um, that's more applying. If you come up with, say, an ambulance because he shows you how to make a um, bulldozer. Now, when you're going to analyze, that's where you can see the shape of the cab of the bulldozer or the way the wheels go in and maybe change that and make it into something completely different. Like, oh, I don't know, a shovel or you know, <laughs> anything at all, a palm tree. Um, that's analyzing. And you've really climbed high up the ladder. This reminds me when you learn, for example, I don't know, the smoosh technique that uh, you and some Kameens teach, you can apply it to all sorts of, of ideas and animals. But when you look at the picture and you reverse engineer how it is built and you try all sorts of ways to recreate it, that sounds to me more like the analyze phase. So what comes after? Okay. At, at analyze, you're really operating at a high level. And then... You're going to move up to the fifth out of six levels, which is evaluate. Now, evaluate is like a college professor teaching a course. You know the material. 
you can um, judge, evaluate, you know it back and forth. It's almost like being a master of the creativity pyramid. And you would think that's the top of the pyramid. It's very close. There's only one left. What's the next level? Well, big surprise. Level six of the creativity pyramid is create. And that's the ability to generate new ideas out of nothingness. Um, I mean, it's easy to remember. It's fairly easy to understand. You can move into apply and analyze. That takes a higher level of thinking. Evaluate is almost mastery. But the absolute tip of the pyramid is creating. And that's what we're here for. That's why we're balloon artists. We want to create something new. We want to express ourselves and build something. It's easy to say, here's a dog, here's a sword, I learned how to make this from a book. But there's a satisfaction with creating something new that I think is the whole essence of balloon art, and honestly, art in general. Cool. So tell me, how does it affect you on your day-to-day -day life when you do balloons? How does the fact that you strive to work in a creative way and to be creative, how does that affect you? Honestly, when I work, I'm just wired... A certain way um, I mean we all are you know we have our own motivations for what we do and we enjoy different aspects of the balloon art for me I feel that I want to create something different otherwise I could be replaced by a robot you know what I'm there for is to generate new ideas sometimes I'm in a line work or a restaurant where there's not a lot of time or appreciation for something different if you've been to a party where everybody wants the same princess over and over and over i'll find a way to tweak that because i feel like that is my job that is work that doesn't necessarily feed my soul i see it like commercial art versus gallery art a commercial artist maybe the person who draws toucan sam for the front of fruit loops he's an artist and he gets paid But it's a commercial art. Now, someone who paints, you know, canvas paintings that sell in galleries is a, a higher form of art. Neither one is right or wrong. They're both artists, but they have different motivations. I find that the gallery-type art, the different ideas, different techniques, trying out stuff that makes me happy, that feeds my soul. That is what lets me breathe. The art that I do, this, the commercial art, the line work, the fast restaurant twistings and birthday party stuff, that is what lets me eat. That's what pays the bills. So one of them helps me breathe. The other helps me eat. And in order to survive, I have to eat and breathe. So I try to find a balance. That's a really cool uh, answer. I love the metaphor of you know, breathing and, and eating, and I like it. I wonder, though, if it's something that people can actually learn. What do you think about that? I would have said probably not years ago. Because for me, ideas used to come like a, sort of on a wave. You know, the muses would come at night and deliver new ideas or a lightning strike, a eureka moment. And I thought that's how new ideas happen. You know, that's what we all hear. People ask, where do you get your ideas? And there's no answer. But I've been doing this for a long time and I started to recognize small patterns. Ideas would come at certain times and there are things I could eventually do to set the table to help ideas flow. And the more I thought about this, the more I would study an idea would come, I'd say, what made that happen? And almost like scientifically, you see if you can duplicate results, like laboratory tests. You know, if I put myself in this situation, I get this result. And over the years, it's sort of become my, I might say, hobby, passion. I get really excited to see how to make these 
ideas generate. And I would even put these challenges on my head. I would go to a restaurant, no idea of any new sculpture I'm going to make. And I would say, I'm going to walk out of here with three new ideas. And it would happen. I mean, it's a bold claim. You know, I've got nothing prepared, three new ideas, and it would happen. So I started to recognize the patterns and start to put techniques, ideas, and exercises in place. And it got to the point where it's not any longer waiting for the muses. It's scientific, calculated, and predictable. And I would like to say that using these findings, other people can replicate the same results. And that makes me excited. I want to share these tools for creating and generating new ideas on a nearly predictable basis with other blown artists that would be interested to find out how. That's so cool and so academic. Basically, you're like a researcher that goes into the field to research not new techniques necessarily for the sake of techniques, but new techniques on creativity, on creation, new techniques and new designs. And you mentioned to me in the preparation of the material for the course, uh, which is the Creativity Master Blaster course, uh, you mentioned how you ha even have goals for creativity. Talk, tell, tell me more about that. What are uh, your goals for creativity? The having two new ideas or three new ideas by the time I leave a restaurant, that's goal setting. That's a high goal. I mean, two new ideas is pretty high. But I used to have the goal of two new ideas every week. And that's like a chartable, measurable goal. It's not, you know, I hope I come up with new ideas. It's basically what I do at that point is separate in your head into two separate people. You're the person who makes the claim and you trust the other person to be able to deliver the product. It's sort of like, I guess, any company. You know, you have the uh, person who does the sales and you have the person who goes out and does the work, whether any job, an electrician, a plumber. So I kind of do that. At first, I make the uh, decision, I'm going to come up with new ideas, put that on the other person, and then switch hats, not literally, but metaphorically, and then become the person whose job is to fulfill the quota of ideas. I've got a few different techniques for doing that. I don't want to get too much away from the blaster course, but um, for instance, one might be, I'll decide, do I want a wearable or a non-wearable design? And like a flow chart, let's say wearable. Okay. Do you want that wearable to be a hat, a bracelet, or something else? Let's say it's something else. Okay, what else is there that's wearable? Backpacks, um, maybe slap bracelets. And here you get out of the normal way of thinking about balloons. You start there. But as you start to think, what else could be wearable? How could something attach to your body so it's comfortable, visible? That's where you sort of start to find the new art. And I really like the moment where something new is created. And I'm not just talking um, a new way to make a chicken or a squid or an animal, but the first person to make a balloon arch or column, uh, tread painting, by the way, really good guy, um, the first person to make, like, a balloon sculpture, Henry Marr, he made balloon apples, someone who doesn't just alter or change slightly what's out there, but to, like, come up with a new way of doing something. And I don't know. I talk in circles, and sometimes I start to talk frantically because this isn't work for me. It's not, I want to come up with something new, put out a new video. No, this is my passion. This is what I live. I don't try to do it. I can't help it. I can't not do it. So if I talk in circles in a thousand different directions, I just get really fired up about it. This is uh, reminding me of a balloon artist from the UK called Darren Mortyboy. 
uh, who lately released a, a download of like bats, uh, like a bat design and a dinosaur design that is actually clinging to your arm. And that was a, a, a new way, as far as I know, to show a design that is connected to your body, but it connected in a in a new way in terms of the meaning of why it is connected to your body. Like if you put a backpack on your back, it's because some objects, that's how they they are connected to people, like a backpack. Uh, if you put something on your head, in, on a headband, that's an accessory for making your head look good. But that was what Dan Mortenby did was, was a little bit out of the box because it makes sense that a dinosaur will bite you and it will cling to your arm. Right, absolutely. I I think that you have to approach things from not the same angle as everyone else, but sneak around to find another way in. Um, for instance, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, uh, what other attachment points are there? They sell those little mannequin figures at an art store. You know, it's like a wooden little person to help people learn how to draw the human figure. Pick up one of those, look at it, and just go through. Maybe point to the head. Is there another place to attach a balloon here? The arm, the foot. Um, at this point, look at everything. Don't throw something out because you think it's ridiculous. You might find a different, interesting solution you didn't think of before. When you find a place where you want to attach the balloon, let's say it's already been done before. Bracelets have already been done before. Look around and see if there's a different angle in, like the, uh, I don't know what they're called, the wrist chompers that you were just discussing. Technically a bracelet, totally not a bracelet. Like uh, headbands, they are a hat, but they're not a hat. So look at not just where you attach, but how you might attach. There's so much out there we haven't discovered yet because we think that, well, we think like other balloon twisters. Everyone, if we all think the same, we're essentially just parts of one person. We need more people coming out with more ideas. I came up with a term, and I've shared this with Sam Cremines, of permission twisters. A lot of us are permission twisters if we're deeply honest with ourselves, and if you're giving yourself an audit to make sure that you are functioning at your highest creative level, you have to learn to be honest with yourself. Find your weaknesses. Knowing your weakness is a strength. So, if you think, what are my weaknesses? What is a permission twister? A permission twister is someone who has to wait to see that it's okay before making a design. This is the first people that made multi-balloon creations. The one-balloon animal was all the craze in the 70s, into the 80s. And then somebody started making cartoon characters with up to five balloons. People were hesitant at first, but after a while, they had to catch up. Because that guy's making Donald Duck with five balloons. I'm not... I see that we can do that now. Okay, it's now okay to make a sculpture with five 260s. And then they came out with larger balloons. They had 646s. And we said, you can't do that in line work. Um, they're too big to twist. Not going to do it. Then Buster Balloon and others came along and essentially gave us permission by showing us it can be done. So a lot of people have to wait in a way to have permission. And I had the conversation with Sam Cremines uh, recently and told him, He's the example of someone who is not a permission twister. Instead of waiting to see that it's okay to do something, he does it not even realizing that he should consider the possibility that he needs permission. So if you're listening to this, try not to be a permission twister. Don't wait to see someone else do it. Don't wait to make sure it's okay to do. Do it. There are no rules to balloon art. I'm looking around right now. I don't see a balloon rule book anywhere. Nope, no rules. In fact, balloons were never made to be twisted. 
Balloons were made for different purposes, medical, scientific, transportation, never made to be made into balloon animals. Balloon art is hacking balloons, like a, uh, a software hacker. You get in and you hack something so that it does not its intended purpose, but something else. So balloons were hacked. They were turned into animals, not because they were supposed to be, because someone decided decided for themselves it could be done, not waiting for permission, just doing it. We need to take that same mentality and move it forward. Don't wait for someone to show you it's okay to do this, or maybe if we did this, we'd be okay. No, don't don't even think about it. Do it. Do it right now. Oh, man, this is so so good, so inspiring. Uh, it reminds me of how Matt Falloon uses uh, in his line walk all sorts of techniques that are considered like... Uh, too hard to do in a line walk because the balloon might pop and he like does frample twist and I don't know reverse double inflation frample twist and all sorts of names that sometimes I even forget them even me and uh, but the end results of, of Matt Falloon's designs are that are super cute and they feel Matt Falloon you can look at the Matt Falloon Pico uh, design which is like a small miniature and you immediately say oh it's a Pico which is uh, like a concept that uh, Matt Falloon created so in a way you know Matt Falloon was a pioneer making us giving us permission to do all sorts of advanced techniques but in fact we don't need the permission we can do everything by ourselves and what your course has taught me uh, and you know spending some time with you in preparation towards it it, it showed me how you can actually control the process of making new designs and new ideas it does and Matt Flynn is a wonderful example um Honestly, I think Matt Falloon is like five years ahead of his time. Right now, people watch his techniques and they think, there's no way you can adapt that to line work. In five years, we'll be, we'll be saying, Matt, you were right, and you were such a visionary and a genius. I mean, I'm saying that right now. <laughs> but yeah, Matt Falloon is one of those people that is really thinking on the outskirts of what is normal. We, we need more people to do that. And I, those are the artists that I enjoy watching. Sure, you can make the 2,000th variation of a mermaid, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I find it hard to get as excited about that as seeing someone who takes the art in a different direction. Um, like when painting went into abstract, into pop art, pointillism, all the different new areas. I think we're still at the infancy of balloon art. It's easy to say it's all been done before, but has it? I don't think it has. What do you think about the Russians and all of their distortions? Like, at the first time that I saw distortions online on Facebook, it felt almost like cheating. It's, it's, it's again, that, that permission twister mentality. It felt like, oh, but you can't do that. It's like uh, all distorted and like it takes too long. But uh, lately I've been in WBC and I've seen... Uh, Avital Schechter from Israel, she was a teacher there in WBC in, in uh, 2018. And she, on the jam room, she saw how she distorts a quick link, a link balloon balloon with a 160 inside and makes a petal flower that is just so weird and so beautiful. And, you know, a, a minute and a half later, she had five petals and it had an, an entirely new design of a flower that was just stunning um, and then later just in the last few days you were here teaching in Israel and there were a couple of Russian instructors teaching Russian techniques with distortions and 
suddenly it doesn't look so hard to accomplish even even I might say occasionally at some level at at a line work gig, but definitely for deco uh and what is your opinion on distortions? Sit down. <laughs> I can talk all day. The first time I saw the distortions, I'm going to be blatantly honest here. I was not impressed. I actually felt a little uh, repulsion towards them. I felt like it was just stretching and wrapping a balloon around some other shape. If I am honest with myself right now, the reason I felt that way on a subconscious level is I was afraid. Anything new like that threatens what is normal, and the reaction is to be afraid and to um, find some reason to insult it or say it's not right. And the more I go on, the more I see that it's not that the distortion takes the place of twisting. What it does is it opens possibilities farther. It's uh, more ways to do different things, but it also can be combined with other items and I really like that. And I like that, uh, especially you brought up the Russians. I like that there are so many different little pockets of different styles kind of all over the world. And that on Facebook, we can share instantly. But sometimes I get my information in bursts. For instance, I'll see WBC big sculpture competitions all at once. And it's sort of like you go along day to day. Balloons are the same. Balloon, 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 balloon. And suddenly... Boom, you have this Facebook post of like 20 new techniques. You're like, where was all this stuff hiding? And I say that it's like if you play basketball in your neighborhood, you can be the best basketball player in your neighborhood. And you think, I'm really good until you go to another neighborhood. And you realize you are playing with the little kids and these guys are going to stomp you. That's sort of how I feel whenever I see, you know, the occasional Russian or Korean. Um, there are a lot of amazing Korean and Japanese twisters. They are light years ahead of us, and in many instances, not as loud as we are. So they're quietly doing the best work while we're showing off, saying, look how amazing I am. I can make this Iron Man balloon. They don't need to brag because they have the skill. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm feeling like the the fun part about going to conventions and meeting people is that you get exposed to the frontier of balloon art and new techniques and new ideas and uh, and eventually I, I really think if I'm allowed to predict that just like Matt Falloon uh, made it possible to do all sorts of designs uh, even fast and in front of people and in a, in a way that is professional the same will happen eventually with other techniques that are slowly getting their way into YouTube. Uh, people watch uh, those techniques, even if it's not their language, like people watch R Russians' videos and learn from them. And the diffuse, the diffusion of ideas will happen, and it already happens, and uh, it happens fast. So it's really, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for everyone to... Do not be afraid to overcome the initial fear. So yes, balloons will be distorted in the future. Balloons will will wear makeup and not just uh, sharpies. You know, they will be subjected to acrylic paint and to all sorts of stickers and all sorts of materials will be shoved inside balloons for range of purposes, artistically meaning. 
and artistic meanings. Um, I think it's a wonderful place to, to live in. Uh, we're almost out of time. I want to ask you, Scott Tripp, uh, you also run online jams for the Balloon Artist College. Tell me, what, what is the benefit of attending an online jam with you? Uh, good question. I research new ideas for the jam. Uh, most of the stuff that I've put out recently, if you see it on Facebook or tutorial or somewhere else, it was field tested in the Balloon Arts College jams. They see the material first, sometimes six months earlier, sometimes even more than that. And they also, we have the ability to jam together and tweak ideas. I post some strange balloons, and I've actually talked to other people who think that I do it just to be weird. No, it's my personal style. That's what excites me. And I will post some balloons that are hits and some that are misses. I don't mind admitting here I've posted some work that just made absolutely no sense. Something I thought would be funny or imaginative or artistic that maybe misses the mark. But you know what? I'm proud of all the mistakes. Because sometimes an idea will come out, and I'll see someone else take it, twist it, fix the idea that I thought I had, and turn it into something much better. For instance, Christopher Lyle is really good about that. I share ideas with him. He says he goes to his restaurant, makes it, gets a big tip, takes a picture. What he's not saying, though, is he sees the idea, and he'll scale up the size of the balloons. He'll swap the maybe the marker work around. Maybe he'll change one element and it really changes the whole piece and that's sort of how the jams work i'll show you how to make something you may change something along the way and it feeds back and forth not just with me and you the viewer but all the viewers we have several people that come in and we've really kind of become a sort of tribe i really like that we can get in there and bounce ideas back and forth and a lot of times we don't keep them secret but it's good to uh polish and really define some work before you put it back out in the mainstream and some of that may be happening so if you don't want to be left out come to the jams check it out we have a lot of stuff there and what i like about it personally as a balloon artist is that it forces me to practice and on new ideas and in the jam session there is a place for creativity for someone to take an idea and change it and there's all sorts of of small challenges within them, even prizes. So it's fun and entertaining. And uh, it's I, I constantly see improvement when I go to my gigs, when I do new stuff and people feel the energy and the momentum is great. So it's really great, a great way to work on your skills. We have balloon decorators joining the jam sessions and enjoying it by much and to even winning again and again in all sorts of small competitions and um, you know I, I won't name names but also the nice part is that if you can't attend live you can always get the replay available and in fact you get the replays available for life so basically when you join for a year you get access for that year available for you online so it's not one of those membership where you have to pay and only as long as you pay you get access to the material you get access to the year that you join. Every year you take is yours forever. Uh, and I think that's uh, highly unusual in the world of online membership sites. Scott Tripp, your course, the Creativity Master Blaster, is about to come out. Uh, it has all sorts of homework and tasks inside and videos, of course, that helps you understand 
uh, how to become more creative and all sorts of advanced tactics as well. How does it feel like to be, you know, at the end of filming the project after writing it for so many months and may, maybe, you know, even years? Uh, how does it feel like? I want to say that it feels good, but the simple answer is I'm not through. It's not the end. It's a continuation of a journey. What I'm doing is I'm not giving people the tools to make something. I'm giving people the tools to build new tools. And that means that everyone who takes the course will continue to grow and come up with new ideas. And it doesn't stop when you're through with the course. These ideas are yours forever. I used to want to be the best balloon twister in the world. I wanted to be embarrassed five years later by the work I was doing five years previous, and I wanted that to repeat. That means that I'm learning, I'm getting better and better. That's no longer my goal. Now my goal is to be the worst balloon twister in the world. That means that everybody else is better, and this is a way I can help everyone else be better. So please, if you take the course, don't just go through the course. Use what you learn. It does you no good if you don't implement all the ideas. And... Zivi here has built a really great resource. You can be in contact with him if you have any questions. You know how to find us. I believe in this project. I hope you guys do too. And let's change the world. And uh, I'm into that because uh, if everyone were better than you, Scott Strip, with their balloon art, then we surely have, will have a, a much bigger industry and the entire art form would progress. So I'm into that again. Um, we will have show notes for you on the balloonartistpodcast.com website, including more details on how to check and enroll to the Creativity Master Blaster course. Gottrip, I want to thank you so much for coming to Israel to teach us here and to film the course. And we also did a webinar together. We are now doing this podcast. We've managed to to produce so much content in, in, in just a few days. So thank you so much, and I hope that you will be enjoying seeing the, the fruits of your students and seeing the new ideas, because I, I, mean, I know how much you enjoy new ideas. I just uh, on in one of your classes uh, titled Disruption, you were showing a way to shoot uh, a hamburger, on on a catapult and then a few minutes later we would like someone show you that he can shoot uh, a, a soccer and you know change the design and like you would show how to use a design of a mouth with teeth and something very special i won't say what so that it will be a surprise for people that check it out that check out the disrupt uh, digital download uh, but you will uh, put something in the mouth that it makes sense and is very unusual. And then suddenly uh, someone in class will come and say, hey, how about if we put that in inside the teeth? And how about if we add that? And like just immediately uh, there will be an evolution on the ideas. And I know how much you care for, for that type of evolution. So what I wish for you is is that you will witness so many incidents of evolutions of ideas that uh, you sparked and i want to thank you again oh thank you very much and i just want to wrap this up i've been long-winded i'll try to make this fast um i've always had this issue with being called a teacher and then having students and having a classroom i know it's just terminology but i think of what i do is more being an explorer 
that I enjoy going out and making discoveries and sharing them with people. And what that means is I don't consider my ideas my own. I consider the ideas that I come up with to be everyone's property. So I don't want to show someone how to make a balloon. I love when they take that and they change it because that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we share. We're not individuals. We're a community. So you guys, thank you for making this all possible, for taking the ideas and running with them and making new improvements. And and thanks to Zivi for having me as part of the Balloon Artist College membership, letting me have these jams. It's it's instructional, but it's really a party that we have twice a month. But nobody walks away without learning something new. And I learned just as much. So huge thanks for having me there. And also thanks for bringing me to Israel. I, I'm looking at two more plates of food here. I think we had 12 plates between the two of us. And the food doesn't stop. I came here to do a lot. Sleep was the only thing I came here not to do. And Zivi made sure we did all the rest. We had fun. We laughed. We cried. We eat. We went sightseeing. Um, if you get a chance to come to Israel, absolutely do it. Huge thanks to all the event promoters. It was the most incredible balloon convention you could imagine. And Zivi's hospitality has been wonderful. Thanks very much for having me. Wow. That is the end of this season. In this season, we've explored all sorts of stories of us, of people, you know, just like us that go through all sorts of hurdles in their lives and their way of seeing balloons is affected by them, by, by who they are. We all should be, uh, you know, have the perspective and have the self-awareness of, you know, we should all be very thankful for having balloons in our lives and the flexibility that it enables us. Uh, plus, you know, it's also nice to get that income from... Uh, being a balloon artist. This is the end of the season and I want to share with you a gift uh, and this gift is waiting for you actually in Google. Just go to Google and Google gift from Zivi Kiwi and I, uh, I'm sure you'll find it. Gift from Zivi Kiwi, that's what you should write down on Google to receive this gift for the end of this season. This is also an opportunity for me to share with you that we are starting a lineup of free webinars that are inspiration webinars, tutorial webinars, um, that those two webinars will be focused on helping you in the beginning of the journey to find your place, to find your style, to find what exactly you want to achieve with balloons in a, a, as, a, as a hobbyist or as a part-timer or even as a professional uh, to examine you know where is your next step so this uh, these webinars will be available for you for free it's to check up more you all you need to do is go to the balloon artist college.com website guys uh, this season is over which means that we are going on a break on the podcasting but we are on full throttle on so many activities and educational events some of them are extremely affordable some of them are free and uh, these the information of about all of these is always available on the balloon artist college website and also on the balloon artist facebook group I hope to hear from you between the seasons. Uh, let me know what you thought about season six. And we will meet again 
in season 7 of Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and this is season 6, chapter 14, the end of the season. And the tip of today is related to your health. And what you eat and what you drink is a, a big factor in how you feel. And I've been going through uh, a green smoothie challenge lately for about 10 days now. And I have to share with you that the transformation is quite astounding. Uh, just the other day, I had to drive to a gig. A long drive, usually on those long drives of 90 minutes of driving and more, I have to stop on the way and buy a cup of coffee and a sandwich and a treat and an iced coffee. And the total calories within all of these together is, is, is more than a thousand calories, uh, which is important for me to know that because I am uh, going on a diet right now. I, I just lost uh, in the last uh, month. Uh, five to six kilos and I am continuing with this journey of, of losing uh, some of my weight and the drive the other day was after those few days of drinking green smoothies and I didn't need any assistant in being focused in driving I just was okay with it I was sitting down and listening to audiobooks like I always do but I wasn't tired and you know some of you knows know me so well by now you know that I don't sleep much and I work so so hard on all of the projects related to balloon artist college but I was so surprised how those green smoothies made me way more awake and focused and by the way they also make you very happy and It doesn't matter what you put inside your green smoothie. It just has to be green. So this probably means putting some vegetables inside, maybe cucumbers and leaves. Uh, I use spinach and all sorts of leaves inside. I also add a bit of fruit to make it tasty. Personally, I don't add uh, sugar. I don't add juice and I don't add milk. But... Um, It's your life, you do whatever you do. And I just think that, uh, yeah, a green smoothie is just a life changer. Enjoy a green smoothie. Um, cheers and see you guys, not next week, but in the next season. Well, actually, for some of you, I might meet you even next week. Because if you go to balloonartistcollege.com, you will find out that there is a webinar next week. waiting for you so go ahead and browse into balloon artist college.com thank you guys and have an amazing green smoothie